You're listening to The Devoted Podcast, where our desire is to be women devoted to the Word of God. We're so glad you're here, and we pray you'll be challenged and encouraged as we look to God's Word together. Hey, gals. Well, we are back recording podcasts for this next season, for this fall coming up. And so you're here we are. We're going to get them going weekly here. So this is my first one back. I got to tell you, just full disclosure, because I always just feel like we're just all sitting here chatting. I'm not in the closet right now. So if you're if you're new to the podcast, you're like, why would you have been in your closet? Well, that's where I've been recording for the most part for the, the last three years. Is that how long we've been doing this? I don't know. But switched some stuff around. My office moved downstairs, so has a little bit better sound situation. And so we are attempting to record in what is my office instead of my closet, which is kind of handy and I'm really thankful for it. So, but if I ever start to miss the, you know, random clothes and shoes that are hanging about me, who knows, maybe we'll go back up to the closet and and do another episode. <laughs> but this has been great. So we will see how this goes down here. But if you're new to the podcast, I just want to welcome you and kind of just give you a little heads up since this is a little bit, we took a break for the summer and we've just been doing some replays and some kind of bringing you back up to devoted lives and things like that. But just kind of, hey, what are we? What is the deal with the devoted podcast? And I think it's good for us to kind of reiterate what our focus is and also for you guys to hear. It just helps us all to keep focus on what is our intention, you know? And for me, the aim is always going to be that we as women, that's you and me, both of us, all of us, that we are fully surrendered to the Word of God. And I and I say that a lot, and I know it's in the tagline, but I mean, put all of the synonyms for devoted in there. Surrendered, submitted, all of those things, because that really is what I personally just want to strive to do every day. You know, asking the Lord, how, how am I doing at living according to your Word? And not what the world's saying, not even what my own flesh is saying on the things that I want to do. What does your word tell me to do? And and what it says, that's what I want to do. And so the aim of the podcast is just to kind of always be bringing us back to that, that we want to be fully surrendered, devoted, submitted to what God's word says to us. So, and there's all kinds of messages out there today, isn't there? You know, there's all kinds of stuff that is, let's just say it, it's kind of all a lie, right? But Romans tells us, let God's word be true and every man a liar. And that's kind of where we want to land on the surety, the authority that God's word has in our lives. So, we want to read it. We want to study it. We hopefully want to make adjustments to our daily lives based on this truth. And that's really what we're all about here on the podcast. We're not a motivational speaking. uh, Nope. No women's like fluff stuff, no live your truth kind of nonsense in the podcast. No. In fact, we talk often about those kinds of things and those kinds of messages that are really empty. And they they sound good on the outside. They sound very, you know, self-help and build yourself up kind of thing. And we're into all of that stuff as far as it is lined up with God's word. And the rest of it, we just want to dump it, you know? So Typically on the podcast, you're going to hear lots of scripture. We just want to fill our minds with it. We want to be able to, even if it's a scripture that you've heard a a ton of times before, I actually think that's so good because that repetition is what 
makes it so it, it's more readily available to us, right? You know, we we're, we get used to handling the Word of God, and it just helps us to sharpen our discernment, and it helps us as, as we're navigating all of those kinds of untruths that might be out there. It helps us to know what does God's Word say and be able to rightly divide the lies from from what is true. And ladies, we have a ton of it. In, and, I, and I know this is my lane, so I guess maybe that's more what I'm speaking to, but I feel women— Gals, you got a target on the back of your head sometimes, you know? And there are so many things that are being flung at women, all the more reason for us to really know what God's word says about us as women, how we can live that out in our daily life, at our work, at our school, with our kids and our families, with our husbands, in our churches. It's just so important, but we want to keep it back to God's word. So that's kind of my little spiel on who we are at the Devoted Podcast. I just kind of want to put that out there again to us every now and then just to remind us what the main thing is. And the main thing's got to be God's Word. So the purpose of today's episode, this first one, as we are ready to launch into the fall here coming up, is just to kind of bring you guys up to speed and give you a little bit of a taste of our next study that's going to be coming up for Athey Women on prayer. It's called So Let It Be, and it is a six-week total of seven weeks, but there's actually six weeks plus a welcome introduction week in the study. And it's just a whole study focused on prayer called So Let It Be. If you want to know why we called it So Let It Be, you got to check out the study and study along with us. I love that. Study will be live on Tuesdays starting September 12th at 7 p.m. in the building or on the YouTube channel. Like I said, it's a total of seven weeks, and we will finish up October 24th. So it's really just, if you think about it, just September, October. It's not a long study, and we'll just kind of keep it tight. If you want to get the study guide, there is a study guide with all of our Bible studies that we've done. There's been study guides. Now, you don't have to have the study guide. If you're like, eh, that's just not my thing. I'm not really a book person. Don't worry about it. You could still watch the teachings online and you could do that. But some of us kind of like that study book. And I will say, man, the team does such a beautiful job. The photography, the design, the artwork that goes into it. This is the one thing I love with women's ministry is, yes, I want it to be very, very solid and very um, just steeped in God's Word. And then as women, we also like it to be pretty and feminine and all of those things. So I actually love how these study guides come together because I think it's both of those that come together. So there is a study guide for this book. If you order it by Tuesday, September 5th, you should still get your book in time. Okay, now I want to say that's not a guarantee because we are talking about the post office here. So whenever you're hearing this and you want to be part of the study, just go online, order register whatever the term is for it this year and get your book so that you can study along with us. But you should still, even if you wait all the way till September 5th, it just kind of depends on where you live. Will it take longer than a week for you to get it? I don't know. But good chance you would still get it by the 12th. But order sooner rather than later. That's always good. And I think you're going to love this book. This one has a little bit of homework in the introduction section, which I haven't always done in all of the other studies. And you can kind of do that before we get started and our first meeting on September 12th. But it's not a big deal if you get it late or you do it with week one. or And, and you guys, if you've ever done our studies with us, you've heard me say over and over and over, gals, this is not like some weird, crazy, legalistic, make sure you do all your homework or you can't come to the next week. I could care less. The study guide is there to help you go deeper and just structure your time with the Lord. 
Does that mean that's the only way for you to go deeper and structure your time with the Lord? Absolutely not. It's meant to just be a helpful tool. And if it's helpful to you, do it. But please don't ever use the homework or I even hate that word, really. I don't like that word. But don't ever use the things that are in the study guide to deter you whether you did it or did not. Don't care. But again, I love putting a ton of scripture in these books. So, you know, if that's even what you use the study guide for, is just to go through and find all the scriptures, look them up in your Bible, mark your Bibles, and you know, all of that. That's that's really what we desire to do. This also, I will say, the So Let It Be study is a little homework light in a lot of ways. And I, I think the why is probably pretty obvious because the the subject is for us to pray. And we want that to be what you're spending a lot of time doing. So you're also going to get a prayer journal with this study that will allow you to just kind of, if you want to, structure your prayers in the way that we're going to be studying in the in the Bible study. You can do that, but that's going to be something that comes extra. But the idea is to be praying, you know? So that's that's kind of the main thing. So if you're local, come live if you want and you can join us in the in the sanctuary it's really great to just be there and worship and be alongside other women that are just wanting to also pray and uh, study God's word it's it's really such a blessing to be in the room with all of the gals but if you can't you know what catch up online. That's great too. I mean, I love that we are able to have that um, element of technology, especially for us as gals, because you know what? Sometimes family life is busy. Sometimes your husband's going to need, you know, to take care of something and there's going to be different priorities and those, that's good. That's good. So, you know, having it online so that we can catch it later, I just think is a really helpful thing for all of us. Or maybe even if you're local, maybe you just want to gather some gals in your home and you want to watch and pray together, or maybe you want to watch it on your own and then just come together and pray. I don't know. You guys can do that however you'd like, but I always think that's really amazing as well. And if you aren't local, that is really a great option. You know, we get emails and pictures throughout the studies from you gals that are meeting from all over the country and some even outside of the country. So keep those pictures coming, by the way. We love, love, love to see your faces and just to see who is studying with us. It's been such a blessing to see. So every one of those, I just love. You can email them to us. You can follow us on our Instagram page and and send them that way as well. But we love to see all of you gals who are studying with us. Now, I also want to just give this little caveat here with women's Bible study, all right? So, women's Bible study is not a substitute for church. Can I say that again? Okay, I really think, gals, we need to hear this. And in some of you, maybe this isn't a word for you, but I do think there this is out there where they think that if it's a season of women's Bible study, oh, cool, I'm doing the study book, so I don't need to go to church on the weekend, or I don't need to go to midweek Bible study, maybe, because I'm doing this. So I just want to say, gals, women's Bible study is not a substitute for church at all, okay? It's just really important that you are plugged into a church hearing solid teaching of the Word from the pastors at your church. And if you're new, I do mean qualified men fulfilling the office of elder and pastor in our churches. So, you know, at at Athey, that's coming in on weekends and Wednesdays through our, our Bible study, through the midweek study, and just studying the Word together. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I love that we get to do this as women. I love these Bible studies. I think it's valuable. I think the Lord uses it. 
but I also want to say it's kind of frosting. And and now I feel like I need to also define my metaphor there. I don't mean frosting in to say that it's all sugar and fluff, right? Because as I talked to you about even the purpose of the podcast, if I'm ever directing that kind of women's ministry where it's just uh, sugar and fluff, man, somebody get the hook and get me out of here. Put somebody in here who is going to absolutely be you know, sticking strong to the Word of God. But what I mean by saying that it's more on the frosting side, is is that I mean it's not the meat and potatoes. Like I just was mentioning at Athey, for us, the meat and potatoes is weekends and Wednesdays right through the Bible verse by verse. It's just really important for so many reasons, gals, the not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, the adhering to doctrine that is charged with, that the elders are charged with. So there's so many things that we could look at in Scripture, the, the full counsel, of God's word, right? It tells us that we are to pay attention to the full counsel of God's word. So, all of that to say, women's ministry, women's Bible study, awesome. Gals, it's not a substitute for church. It's just not. So, now not everyone listening here is maybe local or maybe they're not even a regular at Athey Creek. Maybe you're, you know, across the country or across the world. I just, I would say the same for you gals. Make sure you plug into a solid Bible teaching church. Or if if that truly is not available in your area, you know, check out Athey online and, and study with us verse by verse. The study that we're going to be doing this September and October on prayer, like our other studies we've done, is just a great way for us to personally build our faith and also corporately with other gals, be encouraging one another, edifying one another, sharpening, challenging, all of those things. And I have to say, my heart has truly grown for this just even in the past few years in a way that truly only the Lord could have grown it. I was not a a big women's ministry person, women's Bible study person. I'm just like, I'm kind of your typical introvert that I'd kind of rather just stay and home and not be stretched and and all of those things. So, I fit all of those categories. So, if there's any of you guys out there that are using that excuse of like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm just not really into that or, you know, I'm kind of an introvert and all that stuff. I get it. I totally get it. But gals, I'll just say too, you need other believers to come alongside you. And and that's really what women's ministry should be about. Women building each other up in the Word of God and in prayer. That's that's really what our focus should be. So, like I said, maybe you're thinking Bible studies are not your thing. Maybe you've never done a Bible study before. Maybe you've never done a women's study before. And I, like I just said, I, I totally get that. I get that sometimes it can be really hard for us gals, especially some of us that are a little on the less people-y side to want to hide. But can I just encourage you to stretch just a little bit and know that that is coming from someone with all the compassion in the world of someone who would kind of like to hide sometimes. But wow, have I been blessed. I think of over the years, I remember early, early on um, being part of a Bible study where the gal got us and we would just pray with like two or three other gals that were there in the room. And I, I remember the prayer requests that some of those gals asked us to pray for back I mean, it was probably 15, maybe even almost 20 years ago. I still remember those prayer requests. And I remember just even the bond that really is built among other gals that you just praying for gals that you might not even know very well. Maybe your relationship with that gal is going to be restricted to that room and that time that you prayed together, you know, all of that. But I'm telling you, 
you'll remember it. And there's just something really powerful about coming alongside each other, praying for one another. And and I think it's really important for us in any day, but could I say, especially in this day? Now, when I say any day, I know that there have been times in history where things were far worse even if you can imagine, than what we feel right now. I think of Corey Ten Boone, who, if you don't know Corey Ten Boone, she was she and her sister were in a concentration camp during World War II. And those two ladies, oh goodness, did they understand prayer and the need for it and the necessity for it. It's it's an amazing thing. If you've never read The Hiding Place, I'd highly recommend reading that. You can even get it for free on audio at the library. It's great. But Corey Ten Boone said this, and and I love this as we kind of talk about this prayer study and, and just prayer in general, as we are about to, in a few weeks, you know, kind of launch into a really concentrated study on this. But Corrie Ten Boone said this, she said, when a Christian shuns fellowship with other Christians, the devil smiles. When he stops, he or she stops studying the Bible, the devil laughs. When he stops praying, the devil shouts for joy. And I, I love that because I feel like this prayer study is kind of a culmination of all of those things. Fellowship, studying the Word, and prayer. Each of those things you could look at as being something that is a tool in our tool belt to resist the devil, to fight him, to battle up, you know, put our armor on and be ready for battle. Fellowship, studying the Word, and prayer. And each of those, when she she kind of brings those apart, you know, with the devil would like you to be isolated. Yeah. Just stay by yourself. Introverts, you got all the, intro, you know, that he wants you to just hide. Okay. <laughs> so maybe that's part of it, you know, but then maybe just, maybe just don't study your Bible quite as much. Do you really have to be so, you know, uh, zealous for these things? Do you really have to be so enthusiastic about all of that? He might want to convince you of that or to tell you, you know what, you're doing enough. You, you know, you read that verse this morning, you're good. But then also prayer, man. Her last line when she says, when we pray, the devil shouts for joy. And we that's that's a great quote from Corey Ten Boone. That's great. But again, she's not scripture. But what does scripture say about that? See, the, the scripture tells us the prayer of the righteous availeth much. A prayer is mentioned over and over and over in scripture. Almost too many to count. I think I've tried in the study, but you know what? Even that, I would take my number with a grain of salt. Because prayer is something that is central to our life as a Christian, our relationship. It's a way we talk to the Lord. I mean, it is it is so much, and I think we forget what a privilege it even is also, but it certainly is kind of what this quote is centering around, something that we can resist the devil with. Prayer is one of those things. Now, maybe with some of that, whether you care if the devil's smiling, laughing, or shouting for joy, why, why should we even care what the devil thinks? And strangely, I think today a lot of people kind of don't care, you know? Uh, some, all right? But we should care, and Scripture says that we should, because Scripture says that we are to not be ignorant of His devices, okay? It doesn't say that about a lot of things, but that's one of the things that it says we're not to be ignorant of, okay? That that's, I means sit up, take note, pay attention. Don't, don't be ignorant about this. Don't be dumb. Come on. 
we need to know what his devices are. So we kind of with when it comes to Satan, we kind of do two things as Christians, I think. I think number one, maybe we we go, oh, he's around every corner, and we kind of walk around all freaked out. You know, I think that's one camp. Or you could swing the other direction and there's sort of this candy coating of Satan and and we kind of give him very little thought. Like, oh, he's not really that big a deal. Just a couple things to clarify on him. So here's the thing: Satan is not omnipresent or all-powerful. Omnipresent meaning he is all over and all-powerful. Those are attributes of God. God can be everywhere, all at once, all the time. And he is all-powerful. Satan is not those things. Those are things that are reserved for God alone. But he does have power. So, it's not that he has no power, but he does have some power. And he does have some demonic help to, you know, he can't be everywhere, but he can have some helpers around there kind of messing with things. But don't give him more credit than he deserves. You know, 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9 says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Now, that's verse 8. I'll just pause there real quick because, you know, notice roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Both those those things, roaring lion kind of makes a lot of noise. He wants to get a lot of attention and he wants to sound really awful, okay? It also says he's seeking someone to devour, meaning like, eat alive, Okay. He does not want to be your friend. He truly, truly desires to destroy you. So that's that side of the spectrum that we need to rightly recognize as Scripture is telling us there who the enemy is and what his, what his intentions are. Those are his intentions. He wants to make a lot of noise. He wants to scare you and cause fear. And he really kind of wants to eat you alive. Okay? But then verse 9 has a very interesting word. Because when I think of a lion, I think, oh man, I better get my 12-gauge shotgun and be ready to roll, right? We need some serious armor and serious weaponry for this. But verse 9 of 1 Peter 5 says, resist him. Resist him. It's kind of a mild word if you think about it. But I think what Scripture is, is telling us there is that you just, you need to resist him. Not, you know, it, it isn't, it it, it's not like you have to meet him with some grand show of force. You have to resist him. Firm in your faith, it says, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So I love this passage. I refer to it often because I think it's really helpful for us to see the, the truth of both of those things, that our enemy is someone who wants to invoke fear, and he is somebody that does truly, truly want to mess you up. He is not your friend. But also that it's true that we're just to resist him. That's what we're supposed to do. Prayer is one of those ways. So we'll be talking about a lot about that. But just keep his so-called power in perspective. Remember in Revelation 12, 7 through 10, that's where it says that it's an angel that defeats Satan, not God. God and Satan are not counterparts in power in anything, right? So it's an angel that defeats defeats him, not God. So, don't freak out, but don't discount him either. You know, you know, look around right now. Just one example as I was thinking about this. If you, if you were to the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of just ways in which the enemy is kind of messing with everyone right now, and, and this one came to mind for me. I've been kind of paying attention to this. I've been reading some books and different things on transgenderism, and, you know, they call it rapid onset transgenderism, and I, I, oh man, do I agree with that, because there is a 
there is a trend and an epidemic and a speed at which this is just kind of catching fire. And this is coming for our girls in a really big way. You know, I, I, I could, we could talk about this on an entire podcast and maybe we will at some point, but just generally when I was thinking of an example of something that the enemy is really on awesome display right now, messing with people, it's this issue of, of transgender. And, and, you know, what generally just strikes me about this is that it really is a full assault on God's image bearers. You know, think about that. Satan actively works to oppose God, right? What better way than to take his image bearers, okay? The ones created in his likeness, the the ones that that God stamped his likeness, his image on us, and then take that and mar the image. Man, even like quite literally destroy the image by surgery or so-called gender affirming care and all of these nonsense medical terms even that they have created to make it sound like this is something that is is something that is justified and good. Man, all of it is it's kind of in an effort to convince that the image, you and me, that we're created in error. That you actually are not who you think you are. You're actually not a woman. You're not a girl. No, no, no. That that it's it's who you feel you are. I mean, there's so many lies that are all wrapped up into one little issue, and I'll just call that transgenderism, this craze, this trend. Man, if it is a phase, which I pray that this is something that as the horrible ramifications of it just become more and more known, and the studies come out of how damaging these drugs are to our kids that doctors are prescribing to just so-called pause puberty, total lie. I hope that this is just something that is a short blip you know, I guess short, it feels long, but, you know, on the radar. But the consequences of this, man, are really, they're they're long and they are so damaging. I can't really think of anything else that I've seen in my lifetime that the, that the effects of it are going to be so damaging long-term, you know. It's a work of Satan in every possible way. It's just it's just messing with us, and I specifically bring it up for girls because it's it's girls that ten years ago, uh, girls becoming boys that kind of wasn't a thing. Transgender was a little bit more reserved for uh, boys that were wanting to be girls. The other way around. Again, I even hate saying those words because you can't do that. Okay, <laughs> a guy cannot be a girl. A girl cannot be a guy. That's just the way it goes. But you know what I mean. But 10 years ago, that wasn't even really a, it wasn't really coming after girls. Now, in the last 10 years, it's grown in leaps and bounds by the number of girls now that are saying that, no, I'm actually a boy. Oh man, gals, it's a mess. So I describe all that. To me, that sounds unbelievably dark. It's demonic. It's destructive to God's image bearers. It's just, it makes my heart so, so, so sad. But then I remember what we just read in 1 Peter, where it said, resist, resist, okay? And, and I, I, that's encouraging to me, because how can we resist that? You know, that seems like uh, this horrible, evil battle that what could we possibly do to thwart that? But a big way to do that is through prayer. So, welcome to a study that's all about that. We're going to pray. Gals, 
one of the things that I love to do as we study prayer is to look at biblical examples that we have a prayer. And we're going to do that quite a bit in the study. But I, I want to give you, I'm going to sh- way shorten this because I fear I could probably talk on this far longer than you guys want to sit through a podcast for. But I wanted to just kind of read through portions of Daniel 9, because I think this will give you a little bit of a taste on so many things, on the what we're going to study in on our study on prayer, because there's so many facets to Daniel's prayer that kind of encompass all of this study. So hopefully these things just give you little little hints of direction where we're going to go, but I love this prayer. So it's in Daniel 9, and one of the things that I love so much about Daniel is that in, in some ways I feel like we can identify with him in some very, very, very small way. And let me tell you what I mean by that. So, you know, Daniel is is a Jewish, at this point, man living in exile. He's living in Babylon. And, it, you know, he's taken away from his home. He, you know, is just kind of living in in the, a place that is very much not how he was probably imagining he would be raised or how where he would be, but he's in a Babylon. And I feel like so many times we as Christians, we feel like we're in a Babylon of our own. You know, it is encouraging to me as I look around or I read the headlines or I look at all this nonsense going on with transgenderism like we just talked about. And I can be encouraged by the fact that, man, this world, this is not our home, okay? If you're having the worst day ever, this day, (laughs) it's it's just not, this is not what we're living for, okay? That's why I can't imagine living in any other way other than a very gospel-centered, eternity-is-coming type of way, because everything that we see here is 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 rough, isn't it? And I, I imagine that Daniel would have felt that same way, longing for his home and longing for the things that were there. So he comes into this prayer in Daniel 9 that is just a really powerful prayer. And in verse 2, he talks about that he says, according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet. And where I'm not even going to go into all the things that are there, but what that tells you according to the word is that we already see that Daniel is someone that was reading his Bible. He was reading the word. He was he was someone that was searching the scriptures for the days and what's going on in this day that we're living in. And he is reading the book of Jeremiah and he's realizing that, oh, back then he said that there would be a time that there would be an end to the desolations of Jerusalem, Jerusalem, namely 70 years. Like he knew exactly the time, but he knew that because he was in the word. And I think that is instructive for us too, as we talk about prayer, as we study God's word is that it can't just be, uh, you know, a podcast. It can't just be a quick sermon you read or heard or a little devotional. It truly does need to be you in the Word itself. So, being in the Word is an important part of our prayer life. So, then he goes on in chapter 9 and verse 3, he talks about the posture that Daniel has. And he says, Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking Him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Man, can you sense Daniel's just uh, almost desperation, right? Anytime when you get to the part where people are saying that they're in fasting and sackcloth and ashes, there's that mourning side of things. There's the fasting of, you know, food or something that you're coming that you're depriving yourself from so that you can be one track mind 
to the Lord, seeking His face. And I always love that term in Scripture when it says, I turn my face and to seek Him. You know, when they when people say, I sought the face of the Lord, or they're looking. The reason I, I think that is such a, a great way to look at prayer is because when you are looking someone in the face, like you're looking them in the eye, you're kind of looking at all the details, aren't you? You might be, you know, I know gals, we might be going, okay, yep. There's, there's some crow's feet right there, and there's some smile lines. and you know. But we, we notice all of these things when you're really searching someone's face, when you're really looking them full in the face. And it isn't, isn't it interesting that when we're to seek the Lord, it's almost like looking at the Lord with that same level of scrutiny, like really l- looking at Him. And looking at Him in that way, you will never, never, never be disappointed because you're you're going to you're you'll discover as you read about him in his word his kindness his love his gracious approach towards us but also his power his justice all of the things that are god you're going to see that with that posture of almost like really looking and just really looking carefully and I, I, I so I love that line that he says. So then he goes on in verse four and he says, I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O oh Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. He starts his prayer by acknowledging this adoration of who God is, that he is the great and awesome God, that he never changes, that he he is there for and he loves those who keeps his commandments. I mean, he's he's stating these things back to the Lord as as a praise and and a note of the Lord's greatness. That's how he starts. And then the second thing he does here in verse five, he says, We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and your rules. He pauses and he makes confession. We have sinned, we've done wrong, and we've acted wickedly. It's always interesting to me when I think about this and I think about Daniel, and I already told you, he was a pretty cool guy. Yeah. There's other passages where you read about how he, man, he was a man of prayer. And he, um, there's chapters where it talks about even when he was being threatened by being thrown in the lion's den, it says that he just continued to do as he always did and just went and prayed anyway. He was a man of prayer. He's a man of the word, as we just read at the beginning of this chapter. He was in the word. So I kind of look at Daniel, I'm like, yeah, kind of a good guy. But isn't it interesting? He says, we have sinned and we have done wrong. We've acted wickedly and we've rebelled. There is, in, in some sense here, acknowledging the sins, the active sins, I will say, of what the people are currently committing. And, and he is making confession even for for all of them. He says in verse 6, specifically the things that they have sinned in, he says, we have not listened to your servants, the prophet, who spoke in your name to our kings and our princes and our fathers and to all the people of the land. We haven't listened. That's what he's saying. Like, like just to get brass tacks on exactly what I'm talking about of what sin, what ways have we done wrong and wickedly? He says, we, we've just not listened. And then later in verse 8, he'll say, to us, O Lord, belongs our open shame to our kings, to our princes, our fathers, because we have sinned against you. We've rebelled, he says, in the end of verse 9, and then in verse 10, he says, and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord by walking in laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Over and over, he keeps saying, yep, we have blown it. We have not obeyed. We have not listened. 
And I see us in those words. There are so many things that we culturally right here in our day can look around and see the ways that we have not listened, that we have not obeyed. We've walked away from the words that the prophets have said also, right? All of these things encompassed within Daniel's prayer. And at the last part of that, what I just read, he said, we have sinned against him. He says that in the end of verse 11 of chapter 9. He says, we've sinned against him. And, you know, this reminds me when of the times that, you know, we, we often think when we sin, we're sinning against the person. If we've done something wrong, then, you know, we've harmed that person. And But I, I remember the story with David, right? When David had sinned with Bathsheba, I mean, his list of sins there was long. He sinned against Bathsheba. He killed Uriah, who was a loyal soldier for him. He lies. I mean, he does all these things, right? But then he says in 2 Samuel 12, 13, he says, I have sinned against the Lord. Our sin is actually against the Lord. And, and there's uh, that should be an even more gravitas, I guess, to our sins that, man, when we sin and the things that we are not being obedient, the things that we're not listening to what God's Word says for us, those are sins not just against that the direct person maybe perhaps in front of us that we're sinning against, but they are sins against the Lord. He goes on, he prays some more. Again, I, I could read this entire prayer. Maybe if you get have some time, read Daniel 9. It's great. But verse 18, he says, Oh my God, incline your ear and hear, open your eyes and see our desolations in the city that is called by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. Oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for our your own sake. Oh my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. There is such a, I, I mean, I can't wait to meet Daniel in heaven someday. But you can hear his tone in that, can't you? Can't you just hear how he's just pleading before the Lord? And I think as we come into this prayer study, one of the things I'm hoping for me and for you is that we kind of tap into a little bit of that, that plea, that desperation even for the Lord alone. Not for our own things to be able to, you know, solve our problems, but really being able to come to the Lord, asking the Lord to hear us, because He does. Asking the Lord to not delay. You know, all of those things. We we sometimes think when we pray, we'll talk about this in the study, but we we think that, well, I've been praying for something for so long, and it hasn't happened. Um, well, we'll talk about all the reasons that could be. Maybe you'll know in this lifetime, maybe you won't. Maybe it wasn't the answer you wanted maybe isn't what the Lord saw as what was your best anyway. But the Lord is listening. He does hear. And He's not lazy. He's not slow. He's not, you know, just twiddling His thumbs going, well, I'll see when I can get to you, right? And if you read the section right after this in Daniel 9, after Daniel prays this really cool prayer, and then he has this conversation with Gabriel. Gabriel, the angel, he comes, and he comes right away, and he actually says, from the moment that you spoke, at the beginning of your pleas for mercy, he says, a word went out, and I have come to tell it to you. It's, it's amazing. The Lord hears us the moment that we open our mouths to speak. The moment we cry out to Him, He hears us, and we see confirmation of that in Scripture. One prayer here, gals, 
There's one. There's countless prayers in Scripture, and and we're going to look at ob- not all of them. We, you know, that would take a lifetime probably to fully get to all these things. But I love that we get an opportunity to do this study on prayer and and look at some of them. And hopefully, we will be able to be able to examine our own prayer life a little bit, um, and and ask the Lord how we can just better have a relationship with Him. Because prayer really, it's many things, but one of the things is, is it's about your relationship with the Lord. You are able to talk to the Creator of all things. So I am, I'm really excited that more women, the hope is that you'll be praying. I mean, really, if, if you didn't fill out a single blank in the study, or even if uh, you don't watch the teachings or whatever, but if women would come and pray, oh, gals, what could be changed? What could be changed by prayer? Not because of us and our own righteousness, we've got none of that, but because of His righteousness. He hears us, and I, he, he wants us to talk to Him. So I'm really excited that we're going to just really focus in on this. So we're going to be, like I said, I told you at the beginning, uh, live on Tuesdays, September 12th at 7 p.m. in the building or on the Ethy Women YouTube channel, either one. Order that book by September 5th if you want one. And I'm just so looking forward to having you join us in person or online as we build each other up in the Word and in prayer. We'll see you soon. Thank you for tuning in to The Devoted Podcast. We are a ministry of Athey Creek Christian Fellowship in West Lynn, Oregon. For more resources, or if you need prayer or encouragement, send us an email at devotedpodcast at atheycreek.com.